All right, so we're here with Michael Price, the founder of Joshua's Outpost. Thanks for having me, Tom. So you you are the founder of Joshua's Outpost. Tell us what, what that's all about. So uh, Joshua's Outpost is a blog that I started back in June of last year, something that I've been doing for a little under a year and currently have approximately nine contributors from all over the world who uh, write uh, about their testimony and their their uh, walk uh, with Christ. And it's about helping other uh, men grow in their faith. Okay, so it's focused on discipleship to men, right? That is right? correct, yeah. And, and what, well, first, what, explain the, the name, Joshua's Outpost. So uh, Joshua's Outpost came from actually... Joshua, uh, the son of Nun, uh, the one who took over from Moses after he passed away, the one that left, led all of uh, Israelites into the Promised Land, and um, the outpost part came from because he was a really he's a military leader. So um, it's it's sort of like a, a war like uh, nature that we all come to um, when we're battling uh, the evil one in our daily walk with Christ. So you're saying that it, you were talking about Joshua and he is the successor yes. to Moses. He leads the Israelites into the promised land. In doing so, he's a he's a picture of Jesus, the man who who shares the same name as Joshua. Yeah, that is correct. Okay. And anything in particular about Joshua that that can relate to today's men who are seeking to yeah, follow Jesus? Yeah, so um, I really like uh, Joshua because he was a man of not only great leadership, but he had an unwavering faith. You know, for example, when God called him to, um, to Jericho and he commanded him to have you know, march around the walls of Jericho. And it, that didn't really make sense in terms of why God wanted him to do it, but he did not question God. He did it anyway. He did exactly what he was called to do. He's a man of great courage, and he's a man of great faith. And so I think today uh, he can really be a, a, a good role model for a lot of men. Yeah. yeah, amen. I love thinking about Joshua marching around, how how ridiculous that was. Until until the walls yeah, actually exactly. fell. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, when you read that um, in, in Joshua, in the book of Joshua, it's you're like, why would why would God want him to do that? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But in our everyday walk, um, when God's calling us to do things, it's not always going to make sense. But you have to have um, you have to have tremendous faith that God is leading you in a direction for a reason, and you shouldn't really question that. You, you said you have to, you have to have tremendous faith. Yeah, so um, with uh, what God called Joshua uh, to do, um, a lot of it did not make a lot of sense. And in everyday walk, yeah. you know, with uh, Christ, there's going to be things that God's going to call you to do that does not make sense. So you just you have trust that God is leading you in the direction for a reason, and you should follow that. Yeah, we just went through Matt, in Matthew where Jesus talks about taking up the, the cross and following Him. And talking about that very same issue, the more we get our flesh out of the way, the more Jesus is required to fill in his spirit if we, if he is to be successful, excuse me. Yeah, I agree. And um, one of the things that we tend to do is we, we let our, our minds and we let our flesh get in the way of what God really wants. And it's really more of our selfishness that is blinding us from really seeing the path that God wants us to take. 
Yeah. So you you started the the blog. It, is there a, a I call blog, it a blog. Website? Yeah. Joshua's out. <laughs> okay. Uh, was there was there a particular need that or needs that that you're responding to a problem? Or, yeah. So. Or as I looked around, there's not a lot of blogs that are really trying to encourage men to be warriors in their faith. Uh, there's just a lot of like feel good, you know, just more of like, you know, how, like motivational speaking, you know, just trying to. So yeah. I, there's a there's a need in terms of uh, really guiding men and really equipping them that to really take on the everyday battle. And I just one day I felt like God was calling me to really put this together and and, and so I did it. And so far, um, it's it's really bared a lot of fruit. No, oh, that, that's that's wonderful. When you say a, a warrior mm-hmm. of your faith, you know, people, people get the picture of a warrior, you know, even a, a yes. modern day or the, a knight going out and, yes. and smiting the unbeliever. That, that is not what, what you're talking about, right? No, I'm not really talking about actually, you know, you know, taking a, a literal sword and, and going out in the streets and start wielding that. That's not the case. Um, it's more of a spiritual war. It talks about that in Ephesians 6, you know, the, uh, you know, like the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Really, the the sword is the sword of the spirit, and that is that is the um, the battle that we're fighting. We're fighting a spiritual battle, and that is every day. And the closer you come to 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 God and following what God wants, the greater the battle is going to increase. And we as men need to be equipped to take on that battle every day. And what what does that practically look at look like equipped? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. know. All right, I need to be a warrior. I need to be equipped for this. This podcast is about discipleship. Mm-hmm. In your walk, in your view of other men, what what does it look like to be equipped? So, equipping is um, really finding a community that you can get behind that can actually pass on testimony, um, things that other men have learned um, in their everyday walk. And so in in writing, I feel like, you know, we're all putting forth our testimony, things that we've encountered, things that we have learned, not only in our walk, but also reading the Bible. And uh, we're passing that knowledge on to those who are less equipped. You know, shepherding is, is sort of, you know, someone who's a little further ahead of you and you know, they're pulling you along to learn more, to be more equipped. And that's how discipleship in this instance really looks like. And that's the, the model of Joshua's outpost? outpost yeah, that, that is exactly what we're following. And uh, we've gotten great reception. Uh, a lot of men are learning to take on that spiritual battle. And I think really the key to, to what we're doing is just the authenticity, really being vulnerable and and intimate and and developing that one-on-one connection that i think is really key to to the ministry yeah and 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 frankly that that's one reason i i started this podcast also just i I don't know about you but I, i grew up with an absent father and no role models whatsoever men in life and then very few when i started in the church and when i found them and my, my former pastor, good friends in the church, it was like it, my spiritual life exploded because just being around other men and learning from them and talking to them in, in informal manner, I picked up so much about 
what it really meant of to be a Christian man walking after Jesus. Oh yeah, same here. You know, I love my father, but he wasn't what I would consider like a spiritual role model. Uh, and so growing up, you know, I grew up in, in a Catholic home and in a Catholic community, and I didn't really have a lot of uh, spiritual mentors growing up. And so um, I didn't really learned about my faith until probably about four or five years ago um, when I came back to Christ. And I, I really found that with community, you really uh, grow more in your faith. And I was able to find some spiritual mentors along the way. And and it happens, I'm actually, you know, I mentor other people as well. And I think it's really important for, for those who really want to grow in their, their faith to get involved in community. Yeah. Paul Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ in 1 Corinthians, where it's just the, the simple, I'm following Christ, you're, you're just a tiny bit behind me, you know, we're, let's just walk with him together and, and learn from each other, right? Yeah, I agree. For, so for those who are looking for discipleship, obviously there, there's Joshua's outpost to, to read mm-hmm. about. How about just in a day-to-day in church and do you, do you have any recommendations? I know there's a lot of people who want to be plugged in, but are not. Do you have any recommendations about how to go about that? Yeah. So uh, I really think that everybody needs to find a community group at church. Um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of non-denominational churches do have community groups that you can get involved in. I think you really need to just... You just need to get involved um, in whether it's a Bible study group or a men's group or just a get together once a week and just get involved in that community and just be open, be honest, um, and just be open to um, to being vulnerable with other men. And I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. And I would I would add to that also just just volunteer and serve. I think that's where uh, we have, I, I have grown the most just since we really got saved. We, we've come on, come early and stayed late and just did everything we could to, to help. Yeah. And that's exactly how I did it as well. I mean, they had, um, whether it's Thanksgiving drives or, you know, Christmas uh, gift collection, I mean, get involved as much as you can in your church. You will find um, an outlet to plug in uh, for your community. You said you, you came back to Christ four years ago. Yes. What, how'd that happen? What happened was, so before I came to Christ, I was actually an atheist, um, which is a whole different story. But so I, I came back to Christ. My grandfather passed away and uh, he was a, and this was about, I don't know, about 10 years ago, he passed away and he was a man of great faith. He um, had a, he, he died from small cell cancer. He had a lot of health problems uh, toward the end of his life. And the one thing that I really took from all that is that he never lost his faith in Christ. He never questioned it. Never. He just had just unwavering faith. And I just was like, this doesn't make sense. But what I've learned is through all this is that there's a God that loves you. And um, he sent his son down. And I I just, I came to a, a point where I realized that God does exist. I mean, it's really hard to explain sometimes um, how I exactly came to Christ. Yeah. But uh, it was just one day because I, I just, I felt like for the, for the longest time that I was just, a person that you know was 
unlovable. Somebody who just was completely broken and alone. And um, when I when I was an atheist, I would you know ironically blame God. Like you know, all this happened. You know, all all this has happened to me is because of you. But yet I you know I internally rationalized. Well, then there must not be a God, which it, it was completely foolish. And um, one day uh, I I just felt like this this warmness come over me, this love. Like I just felt like God embracing me, and He was saying, you know, I love you. I never left you. Um, and welcome home. And it was just like that prodigal son just coming home finally after being lost so long um, in the wilderness, finally realizing that there is a father that loves me. Yeah. Since then, I just I just felt like internally that this love for, for God just grow every day. And it has not been easy uh, in my walk, but I've realized that God is faithful. God loves you. He just wants what's best for you. Yeah, I think that is, you were saying that it, it is the love of Christ and that that is what changed things. Yes. And I, I think in men's groups, in men's ministries, it, it often can be overlooked. You've got such an imagery of men, you know, rah, rah. Yeah. And, but even the, the power of any great warrior in Christ is from the love of Christ, the, the tenderness of Christ. The, he, he's our intimate savior who loves mm-hmm. us and weeps over us. That's that's one of the, the problems I think people have with masculinity. They think it's always like, you know, very strong. Yeah, you know, I have a club, I'm going to wield it and, you know, aggressiveness. But that's not that's not the what Christ was. Christ was very loving. He was very empathetic. He was very helpful. He, yeah, like you were saying, he would weep uh, for those who were hurting. He had such a, such a, a, a vulnerability and a tenderness to him that just was, it's just something that a lot of men lack today. Yeah. My, my dad was a New York City fireman. He's still living, but he's retired. And he's one of a big, gruff, you know, strong as all get out men. And I had trouble in reconciling the, the idea of we're in Christ when growing up, when my example was, you know, just physical strength and toughness. And, and it was only when I, I really looked at Jesus who has all the power and all the strength in the world, who's the ultimate man. And yet little kids love running up to him. Mm. And John uh, reclined against him. He describes himself as meek Mm -hmm. and, and gentle. It's, it's once I saw that, I was like, Oh, this makes perfect sense. How about you? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. In fact, uh, you know, when I came to Christ, um, that was kind of how I was like that child. I was coming to Christ like that, you know, open arms and and just, you know, really finally saying, you know, hey, daddy, you know, I'm finally home. My father, uh, my earthly father uh, was a very he wasn't a very emotional man. Uh, I've seen him cry once in my entire life. And, you know, he was a typical near father who, you know, was all about not showing emotion that was yeah um, that was a sign of masculinity you know emotionless be able to bottle it up and endure anything that came uh, his way and that's how i you know that's what i thought being a man was so you know growing up in that environment really really did not prepare me to uh, see you know jesus in a, in a different light in terms of what masculinity really is versus what earthly masculinity is portrayed. Yeah. And, and it, there's no, it's not putting down 
uh, those who are less effusive, less emotion. And it doesn't, it's not putting down strength either. Joshua, Joshua's outpost is a great warrior and he's, he's afraid of no one. And, but I think, I think there's a difference though. Like, you know, he was more, that was more of a, a spiritual battle. You know, I'm not afraid of anyone because I have God backing me up. I'm doing exactly what God has called me to do. So I have nothing but strong faith. And, and therefore he had this unbreakable courage there that there's a, I, I think there's a difference um, between earthly masculinity is and what being strong in your faith is as well. Yeah, sure. Sure. And, and, uh, or maybe just cultural, cultural masculinity and Jesus' version, which is, yeah. which is just what men should be. So what, what do you hope to do with, with Joshua's outpost? Well, I, I, I've tried, you know, the one thing I've, I'm coming to realize is that I am trying to rely more on what God wants me to do. Um, cause there's obviously things that there's things that I would like to do, but may not be what God wants. But I, I feel like what he really is directing me to is trying to reach as many men as I can, but in producing really good, honest content that cuts through all what culture has been putting out there. Uh, we see with how men are portrayed culturally and um, how people who are really strong in their faith, how they're they're demonized and how they're ridiculed. And so what I think he's calling me to do is just be bold. Just be honest in your faith. Be bold. Tell the truth, the biblical truth, um, regardless. Yeah. And I think that people are desperate to hear the authentic truth even if they don't like it they there's been generations now that have been told that everything's fine that they're special that they're you know they're going to win at life and then they face life and it's yeah very yeah <laughs> so yeah and what i what i've found over the last five years is um, what i call trail mix faith where i love trail mix you know i like i like camping i like buying trail mix but I'll be honest in the trail mix i love the m&ms and the raisins i don't like all that other stuff in it and i yeah. find that a lot of people in their faith tend to cherry pick parts of the bible that appease their their itchy ears just like it says in timothy and so yeah. um one of the things i think god is calling me is just don't try to appease people tell the truth, be pushing the truth, pushing the truth and, and try to break through all that. Because I think people are starving for the truth. Their, 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 their souls or their spirit is really starving for that and they're not getting quenched. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And that frankly, that's the reason why I, I wanted to, to write for Joshua's outposts because it's just the truth. Yeah. It's just the biblical truth. And there's not, there's not a lot of fluff on there, but it's, yeah. it's desperately needed. There, there are other, there's lots of, there's lots of messages out there, but there's only one truth. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. And sometimes a lot of, a lot of pastors and I I hate always criticizing, um, but I think, you know, it's important to be really open and honest about it. But I I think that there are a lot of pastors who are more kind of like the Tony Robbins, you know, they're more of trying to, to rally you up being that, um, you know, sort of a coach and going like, all right, let's go out there and get them. But they're not really, they're not really creating yeah. disciples who are then creating other disciples. They're, they're more of just trying to keep them in the church and not really, you know, equipping them so that they can go and, and, and grow the church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. 
and it's it's just like what you're saying that another i think another term for it is yeah a, a la carte christianity where you just, you just choose whatever you feel like and and leave, leave leave the rest and because we are generally a consumeristic society it, it works pretty well yeah it does but what do you see as a result of that in in the, the average christian's walk well, I think that they're one, they're not going to be equipped into dealing with battles, so they're most likely going to fall away from their faith. And two, I think um, what ends up happening is you have a lot of false converts who are coming to Christianity as more of a motivational aspect to um, help cope with everyday life rather than really truly coming to Christ because they've repented of their sins and um, they've truly have been saved. So those are the sort of the two that I see. I, I think it also that in addition to that, just that as a pastor, I, I see people who are not living the joy of Jesus as, as much as they could because they, they're feeding themselves rather than serving the Lord. It's, it's a slight difference in approach, but you, you have to empty self to be filled by Jesus. I agree. And, and there are a lot of people who aren't willing to do that. They're not willing to empty their old self and come into a new life of Jesus. They want they want to have both. <laughs> they want to have their old life and this new life. And the problem is it's like oil and water. They don't mix. To, to, to be fair, I think we, we're all stuck in that to some, to some degree. We're, we're all struggling. We're struggling with some parts of the flesh every day. I guess it's just realizing and and engaging in that wrestling match every day. Yeah, and in the wrestling matches to eventually let go of that old life, and it's slowly over time as you grow more in your faith, that old person just wither away and dies. I, I'm teaching on uh, you, you know, and and Matthew when uh, John the Baptist is in prison and he sends his disciples to ask. Jesus, are, are you really the one or should we look for another? Jesus says, you know, to go back and tell him that the dead are being raised, the blind are being healed. I, maybe it's just me, but I love the fact that John the Baptist asked that question because he's the greatest prophet. He is the forerunner of the Messiah. And yet at the same time, he deals with doubt and he deals with discouragement because he's in prison and and it's not working out according to his plan. So he boldly just takes it straight to God. God answers. And I, you can assume that he is, his, that's enough. And he's like, okay, Lord, you, you answered me. Awesome. Praise the Lord, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, what, what is one thing that you see with that every Christian should know? I think the number one thing they should know is that God loves them. No, that's a good answer yes so um the one thing that i've learned is no matter what i have done and no matter how unredeemable you think you are you are redeemable he gave up his his son for you to die on the cross and so you are that much more valuable in god's eyes because he did that he loves you you're 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 loved and um he cares about you and how about men? What was one thing that you see men do, Christian men on a regular basis, that you would tell them not to do? Um, I would say the one thing I, I would suggest men do is not be afraid of being a leader. 
in your household. I know that uh, in today's culture, that's sort of frowned upon, um, you know, men being the spiritual leader. Uh, they should not be afraid of doing that and in leading and, and really guiding the family in the direction that they think. I, th- I think that's probably the hardest is um, guiding your family in the direction that you think God is calling you to do because it, God is not going to always put up a red arrow and say, go this way. <laughs> I mean, it would be a lot easier if God did that. Um, but it's just grow more yeah. connected to God so that you can can really feeling that tug, that call that he's, he's um, directing you to go and not be afraid to to move your family in that direction. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. That that's a great point. And I, I think that just just so the the listeners are clear, when we talk about leading, we talk about leading from a, a Jesus perspective, that the, the greatest among you is the servant and the greatest is the least, the the we lead by serving. We lead by following the, the Lord first by submitting ourselves first, it's a different sort of leadership than the the world expects, right? I agree. I agree. It's not, um, you know, leading through force. It's not leading the world portrays, you know, a a male leader, you know, aggressive and cutthroat. No, that's not what God is calling you to do. You have to first submit to God and then you're leading your family to follow God. It's leading by apologizing first. (laughs) <laughs> and, so, yeah. and praying first and and loving first and being the first one to bridge the divide when you're both mad at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And being very, you have to have a open heart with God. You can't yeah. have a really hardened heart um, to, to lead your family. I think the, the first thing for uh, any male leader, uh, a spiritual leader of the, of the home is they have to have a softened heart. They have to be connected to God. Uh, read his word every day and pray and be intimate with God. That I think is the first step to leading your family. So how can, uh, how can folks find you? Uh, well, they can find me at joshuasoutpost.com or they can also follow us on Facebook, Joshua's Outpost and Twitter at Joshua's Outpost. We post three times a week. And, um, you know, if you're looking for answers, you're starving for spiritual truth. We're there. We're there to equip you to take on the everyday spiritual battle. All right. 